Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Social Contract, a Commander podcast. I'm Mike Almond, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Alex Lapp. Alex, what's up, man? Not too much, Mike. I uh, think we forgot a few cards in our last review. There were just so many, we had to uh, kind of break it up a bit, and, and well, we didn't even get to talk about any of the cool commanders. Yeah, see, like, you say forgot, and I, I like to think of it as, Intentionally like, forgotten. It's meal prepping. It's magic meal prepping, oh, right? We're, okay. we're cooking a lot of food at the same time, but we're going to eat it in, in nice divided portions. Um, and that's what we got. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot of cards here. If you want to buy any of the cards we're talking about, deck boxes, sleeves, uh, anything along those lines, you can support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. You'll also be able to check this podcast out on YouTube. We'll include a link to the show notes. Uh, subscribe there. And then as soon as we get to enough subscribers, I'll be able to change the link into, hey, follow us at youtube.com slash a set of words that make sense instead of uh, a a suggested password wouldn't that be nice chrome or whatever yeah um and then if you uh want to talk to us about any of these cards we're gonna have our discord link in the show notes i like to say all this at the very beginning because uh somebody who is very smart at podcasting told me hey you should probably put all that stuff that you say at the end at the beginning as well so people are more likely to hear it seems like that makes sense good point let's talk about not vegetables, but let's let's talk about the uh, the colorless cards. You know, the ones that some people are like, ah, those are bland. But no, those they're like the, the no. uh, you know, they're like the grains. Well, see, but those in the know, they know how powerful those those colorless cards are, right? So let's talk about them and see, you know, what do we think about them? Uh, first one, maybe one of the cuter cards in the set, uh, a Clockwork Fox. Three mana for an artifact creature, Fox 3-2. When Clockwork Fox leaves the battlefield, you draw two cards and each opponent draws a card. This is this is nice. This is a friendly little fox. Yeah, very friendly. It's uh, carrying a watering can and doing the gardening, which is uh, very nice. It looks pretty big for a fox. Anyway, um, it is a 3-2 for three mana, probably because mm-hmm. it's a common... I guess. But yeah. I like the rules text. That's that's why I've chosen it. I, I like mm-hmm. when it dies, you draw two cards and each opponent draws a card. Um, there are a lot of decks that just want to get creatures onto the field and then get them off the field. Uh, a lot of decks that care about decks, sac- sacrifice yeah. decks. Yeah, sacrifice. Yeah, right. I was going to say, it, this is, I think the reason at the same time, it's like, eh, three mana for a 3-2 artifact create. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's a lot of artifact reducers. There's a lot of cards that care about sacrificing artifacts, or destroying mm-hmm. artifacts, or how many artifacts you have on the board. And I mean, the overall, you know, card net here, it, when there's three opponents in the game still, it's not great, but it's still not bad. And I kind of like the I like the idea of having a blink fox, you know, just going around watering all of the. Yeah, there's the a uh, there's a two mana artifact creature that does the same thing, but it's everybody draws one card. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for one more mana, you're drawing a card, which is not the worst thing in the world. No. Uh, yeah, just an adorable little fox, uh, distinct from filigree familiar, which is a different artifact yep. fox. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get the fox decks in the in the. In the in the future, yeah, because everything. Deck. I think we have Fox Commanders already. Um, well, there's in the, the Halftales, even yeah, yeah. Well, that one, and then there was the uh, there's the Aura one that just came out. Are um, those foxes the, or are those Kitsune? Well, are those well, separate tribes? Well, well, it's 
I think those are separate tribes yeah. because it is a fox advisor that does the, oh, you mm. can find an ore and attach it to it. Point is, fox, everything is going to be a tribe in the, in the, in the future. Does anyone remember uh, that's fine. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix, the Good Haunting episode? It's like a robot fox from that episode. Huh. Well, now, now, now you've given me some homework. I appreciate oh. it. Uh, in the meantime, why don't you talk to us about our next card here? Okay, we got an interesting one here. Fraying Line. It's for four mana. It's an artifact. It says, when Fraying Line enters the battlefield, put a rope counter on target creature you control. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player may pay two generic mana. If they do, they put a rope counter on a creature they control. Otherwise, exile Frang line. And each creature without a rope counter on it, then remove all rope counters from all creatures. So basically, what's happening is everybody is deciding whether to save another creature Mm -hmm. or just cut everybody loose. Right. This is a very interesting gambit, Mike. I'm excited to talk about it. What do you think? I feel like most of the cards that have this kind of effect usually work the opposite way, where, like, you're marking something for death. And now it's like, oh, no, we're marking it for safety. Yeah, this, this kind of exists as well. The divinity counter, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, this does exist, but uh, it it's usually been, like, an activated ability right. that you have to pay mana to put into. This is uh, – each player is going to choose – when it's time to exile all creatures, right? Or they can save right. one of their creatures. This is this is really interesting because if you choose to save one of your creatures, then obviously uh, everybody else is, or at least the next person is going to have an option to, to save their next creature. Mm-hmm. And that could be a creature that you don't want them to save. Is it is it Coercive Portal that has the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. homage or carnage? Like, yeah, Coercive Portal is kind of like this, except it's at the yeah. start of your turn. At the start so of your turn, round, everybody and votes. you right? either draw a card or the board gets wiped. Right. So I, I kind of like the idea of Frangline being a, hey, I'm going to put this on here. Yeah. You I'm all get to decide one the thing. board wipes. But the point is, is that this is, this is cool in my mind. Yeah. You get to choose something when it enters the battlefield. So you're going to protect at least one thing. Yes. And then the next person, I, I kind of like this as like a mini board wipe, right? Because if right. you work this the right way, if the next person doesn't have any creatures, well, they're not very incentivized to keep things going around. So mm-hmm. maybe they're going to wipe the board, wipe it, but you're yeah. going to keep your one thing you care about. That's the other thing is players don't automatically get to participate. They have to pay mana in. Mm-hmm. And when you have this combination of... Uh, you know, this Nev's Disc style effect where it can go off at any moment and wipe the board combined right. with the slow tithing, the taxing of players spending their mana on this instead of their spells and effects. Uh, this is really coming at them from both angles as far as a, a stacks piece, Mike. It's a very cool card. I, I like I like it I like a lot. The thought process. We've yeah. seen no, a lot of is... cards like this recently, but this is a really neat one. Yeah, it's good flavor. And four mana is totally reasonable for yeah, something Frank that could Len, potentially the, be. The, the rope yeah. is about to break, uh-huh. and we're seeing how many more people we can get onto the rope yeah, until it, it finally <laughs> snaps. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Uh, let's look at something a little bit more uh, terrifying as far as like an actual uh, art piece here. Uh, Mirror of Life Trapping. 
Four mana for an artifact. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, if it was cast, exile it, then return all other permanent cards exiled with Mirror of Life Trapping to the battlefield under their owner's control. So whenever somebody casts a creature, exile it, Mm-hmm. then return anything else that was exiled. Yeah, the back. most recently cast creature is going to be temporarily exiled. And then when yeah. the next creature comes in, that original creature comes back and the new creature gets exiled. So, I mean, this this is just, okay, we're, we're, we're not casting things. We're keeping all the stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, token deck. So this is very chaotic them. stacks, right? You're, yeah. You're allowing people to play their effects, but they're probably not going to get to use them on their own turn unless they cast two different creature spells. So help me out, rules question. If I cast something and it's exiled and Mm -hmm. I don't get it back until after my next untap step, that creature never untapped under my control because it was in exile. Correct? You don't get it back until your next... uh, I mean, I assume that... This is during your upkeep or main phase when you're flashing and you're casting another creature. Well, okay. Let me, and then let that me first rephrase. one comes back. I'm trying to understand your question. Yeah, let me phrase. I, okay. I'm on main phase one. I okay. cast a creature. This thing is out. It's exiled. Okay. Mm-hmm. I pass the rest of my turn because I don't have anything else I can do. It comes to my next turn. I untap. This creature is still exiled. I upkeep. This creature is still exiled. I main phase one. I cast a new creature. This creature comes back out. Let's say everybody just doesn't play any creatures between my two turns, okay? Yep. My creature that I cast last turn now enters the battlefield under my control. But it wasn't there for any kind of untap phase. Mm-hmm. Does it have summoning sickness still? It does, yeah. That's nuts. So the, the rule for summoning sickness is that a creature must have been continuously under your control on the battlefield Mm-hmm. since the beginning of your most recent turn. So whether that means you've cast it on this turn or it entered the battlefield this turn or you stole it from another player this turn and it wasn't given haste by that threaten effect, uh, any of those is going to give uh, that creature summoning sickness if it's sure. a creature, right? If it's an artifact and it ETBs and it becomes a creature, it's still going to have summoning sickness because now it's a creature. Summoning sickness is definitely going to get you. Um, if it did something like phasing out, sure, then that would be different. It wouldn't have summoning sickness because it never left the battlefield. It never left. You just yeah. pretend like it did. Exactly. But not really. So this See, this I, is an interesting one. Yeah, it's 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 unlikely that that scenario would come up because mm-hmm. that's relying on a whole lot of other people to not cast a creature. That's the thing, right? Is you're probably going to get your creature back quite soon. So this is a minor yeah. annoyance, but it's it's catching everybody off guard. They're not playing well, optimally anymore. I have I have a counter to that. Okay. Um, this is a great late game one on one card. Mm. I'm going to cast this past turn. Good luck with any creatures that you were exactly. Cast. Like, yeah, this it, can really trip people up. It really can. It, it, it's it's a cool sequencing card. It's a cool tempo yeah. card. As far as like, okay, I'm going to slow things down, or I'm just going to manipulate it to a point where I care about. And like I said before, if I'm playing tokens. I'm not casting tokens. I'm exactly. casting a card that gives me a lot of if tokens. If you're reanimating, so, you're not yeah. casting the creatures. If right. You're, so. If you're uh, having them enter from your library or another player's library or graveyard mm-hmm. or anything like that, if it's not cast, then your deck is probably breaking that parity, taking advantage of this card in a way that other decks 
just can't. So they have to play ball, but you get to cheat. Yeah, it's a it's a cool card. I kind of I kind of like it. And again, four mana, uh, maybe a little high, but not high enough to mm. where I wouldn't consider running it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. This is my favorite card. Uh, we're gonna talk about colorless here. Uh, talk to me about our next one. Yeah, we have Rug of Smothering. It's a three mana artifact creature construct. It's a one three with flying. And uh, Mike, we have an anti-storm stacks piece here. Whenever a player casts a spell, they lose one life for each spell they've cast this turn. Right. This normally does very little. There are a lot of decks that would love to have somebody just lose one or two, or it'd be one or three life per turn. Um, and that's fine. Belbe likes that. Somebody loses mm-hmm. even one life. That's enough. However, if you have a storm or a combo player... And part of their strategy is casting an absurdly high number of spells in a turn to win. This is going to change the calculus on that, Mike. This is going to make it that much harder for them to pop off. If they have to cast 10 spells, I'm not going to do the math right here, but that cost is going to keep going up and up and up. And they might hit their life total to zero, and that's just it. They lose instantly. Aether Flux Rugivore, uh, Aether Rug Smothervore. I don't know what to the call it. The way that it, it's posed I reminds it me lot. distinctly of uh, of the magic carpet from Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin. Yeah, it looks just like it. It's very emotive. It's great. It's yeah. really it, yeah. Like it's it it's it's definitely it's it's a little devious. It's like, hey, what do you think you're doing over there? <laughs> like this. Oh, uh, I was just casting like twenty five spells. Oh yeah, you got twenty five hundred life. Uh, might be my favorite. Uh, <laughs> might be my favorite flavor text. Again, no, not necessary to murder. I'm looking for an accessory for murder. <laughs> it is responsible. That's a just, nice legal joke. It's very good. Yes. Um, but yeah, I like. I am a big fan. I've got a couple of decks where they're not like competitive. They're not super high powered. Right. But their entire basis is, oh, we've got a game where we need to try and play and finish in less than an hour. Like, you know, it's like, hey, we can't play a long game. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to bring out my uh, Thantis, Everybody Swing, Goad, right. all that kind of This will end the game that much faster. The game this won't is... be able to drag on. Yeah. It's another one where it's like, hey, it's just going to ping you a little bit each time. Yeah. And it's going to shut some stuff down. And a lot of that stuff is the combo we storming off. Like, mm-hmm. okay, there's a lot of sequence to this. This is going to take a long time. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? It's pretty cool. And i also kind of a fan of the fact that it's just like, hey, it's a three-mana artifact. Like, it can be destroyed. It's pretty easy to target in a bunch of different ways. So it's not, like, oppressive. Right. But... For the people that it's going to hurt, it's going to really, really hurt. Yeah, those people have to remove this because I'll tell you right yeah. now, nobody wants to sit down for their storm turn. And you know that storm turns already take a super long time because yeah. they have to sequence their storm count, their spells, their mana. They have to show get their all that work. stuff organized exactly to show like, okay, and now I'll grape shot for 100. Yeah, yeah. so – when you add this card into the mix, now they have to think about their life total. They don't want to have to deal with that. Either they just can't storm off, or they have to remove this, or their turn takes an hour and everybody hates them. That's their fault, not yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for stopping you from doing the terrible thing. Exactly. Um, this is a it's a silver bullet, Mike. Yeah, it's it's a it's a silver rug. Um, all right. Well, I've already mentioned mine. Uh, rug of smothering is my favorite. Uh, of these and i i think it's because of silly reasons i i feel like you're a big fan of fraying line is that correct i do like fraying line yeah um like i said we've seen 
uh, probably in the in the last six months, I think three different Nevsdist style imminent board wipe incoming effects, but maybe not right now. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the cooler ones we've seen. Yeah, I, I it is. I think that's the best card of the of the four that we've talked mm-hmm. about. It's uh, dangerous. But I mean, like, come on. Carpet. I know. But yeah, frame line, frame line, I am, put it this way. If I'm buying cards, I am going to buy a rug of smothering or two because mm-hmm. I like it. I am going to buy fraying line for as many decks as I consistently play. Because I just, I like that effect a lot. It's a really nice effect. So from there, let's talk about the commanders from this set. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot of it, it, it's one of those weird sets where all of the multicolored cards that we want to talk about were They're all commanders. commanders. Yep. So and yep. we only had two monocolored cards that were commanders. So we just got and a set here. We did have a uh, a couple of backgrounds we talked about which do mm-hmm. sit in the command zone with your choose a background commander from this set, mm-hmm. but they can't be a standalone commander, so we talked about them as the 99. Right. Right. Uh, do, do those have a commander tax? They do. They have their huh. own separate commander tax. Fair enough. If you so, have them in the command zone, of course. Right. So partner, but not partner. I guess that makes They're sense. They're basically partner, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Which one do you want to start us off with here? Let's see. How about this one? Uh, Saravok Deathbringer. It's three and a black, four mana for a legendary creature, Human Knight. It's a three, four. And it has, at the beginning of each player's end step, if no permanents left the battlefield this turn, that player loses X life, where X is Saravok's power, and it has uh, choose a background, so you can choose any of the uh, backgrounds from this set. Mike, yeah. this is uh, this is really nifty. We've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, it's... I I love the punishment for... Things have to go away. <laughs> exactly. If you don't have something, leave the battlefield, die, get blanks. If you don't find some way to fulfill his dark desires, uh, then I assume <laughs> his controller, the, the person running the Saravok deck, you, has, you. Stacked, <laughs> has stacked plenty of pump effects on him. Well, now sure. it's 10 life. Well, and then as far as the backgrounds, like we only went over a couple of them. But we did, some but there's that... a lot more that aren't necessarily yeah. political. I mean... There's there's a couple that are you get the benefit of sacrificing an artifact for something cool to happen. Mm-hmm. There's one of them is green and it just makes the creature's base power and toughness 10-10. So yes. that sounds that sounds rough with this guy. Uh, yeah, and then you're in uh, black green, which is just yeah. a dirty color combination. Yeah. Yeah. Like even even if you don't do anything, just like running this as another Hey, you're gonna lose three life unless you're getting rid of something. Maybe that you're running a treasures deck. Maybe it is a sack deck or aristocrats or something along those lines. Oh yeah, treasures goes right through this. You can you can do a lot of decent things with this. And if this is a deck that makes it to where your opponents have to plan out their turn a little bit more, or they forget and then they and they're oh no okay yeah. I guess I'm taking you know what I mean yeah I love yeah. the idea that you're talking about though where it's like oh just run some pump effects <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah just make them nice and big I'm gonna giant growth on somebody else's turn you almost <laughs> have to run like a Voltron package the protection the pumping the auras and mm-hmm. equipments to get them up and keep them alive because obviously big target for removal 
once that yeah. power starts to get up higher. Yeah. No, it's it's I like it. I, I, I do I do like it. I think the thing I like about it most is because of the background. Okay, I'm even if yeah. I'm I don't care about the background. Being able to make this a two color commander does appeal to me. I and that gives it enough options where it's like, okay, what do I want to build with this? Let's and, uh Yeah. We have a little more uh time to kill in this episode. Yeah. Looking through some of these backgrounds, why don't we talk about a couple of these that might be a good pair with them? You mentioned uh, one in particular, which was Raised by Giants. Uh, this one's yours. Five and a green. That's six mana for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have base power and toughness 10-10 and are giants in addition to their mm-hmm. other types. That's a great, great call. Oh, yeah. Um, that just fits perfectly with him. But maybe there's some more here. Having treasure in your deck is basically going to give you a free pass on this guy so something like guild artisan which is a background Mm -hmm. for one and a red commander creatures you own have whenever this creature attacks a player if no opponent has more life than that player create two treasure tokens so now you always have even if you don't necessarily have anything you can kill off blank leave the battlefield Mm -hmm. you'll at least have a treasure you can waste to avoid uh, hitting yourself with your own commander well, and then think about the cards that care about what happens when you lose life or when opponents lose life. Like, you yeah. can just turn this into a life loss deck. Sure. Pretty easily. You don't even have to add anything to it. So the ability of being able to add something to it, another color, is just kind of an added bonus. Overall, I like him. I, I like yeah, Saravak. it's got options. Uh, let's talk about Bailoff Baratil Entertainer. Um, definitely got uh, kind of a... A diva vibe going on, and I, yeah. I, I dig it. Uh, Elf Shaman 2-5. Creatures your opponents control with power less than Bailoff Baratil's power are goaded. Whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token. Choose a background. Yeah, wow. Um, this is fun! This is really fun! This is really good. <laughs> yeah, if you pump um, them up just a bit, I mean, every single creature, or almost every creature that your opponents control are yep. goaded and yep. they're just going to be attacking or blocking they're going to be killing each other and you're going to make a bunch of treasure i don't i don't have a gruel deck i think i'm making a gruel deck with this what do you just, uh you want to put put this with the raised by giants i wasn't even thinking about which one i just like i know that i'm i know that i want to make a a, a red and probably green this deck I yeah. like and yeah the race by giants yeah that just makes sense i'm just gonna go to everybody all no, the time anything less than 12 power is goaded <laughs> well it's it's base power and toughness right uh nope oh it just gets plus 10 plus 10 i think it has oh i misunderstood what you were asking uh oh sorry they ba- bailoth baratil cares about his total power and then uh, raised by giants makes the base power ten ten. So you're right; it's not twelve; it's ten. Uh, either way, right, right. I mean, but it still yeah. it combines with pump effects. You're right. Yeah, yeah it, it that betrays is no longer <laughs> it, mm. it, it's is fine. But like that's this is cool. It's then not gonna replace by Turgrid. Just wait, fair enough. Uh, but just the like idea of it's not choose or anything. It's just hey, all of them everything power less goaded. Yeah. So. That by itself is really cool, right? Even if you're not playing a bunch of pump effects with this, which you should, but if you're not, 
if you're going goat effects and just attacking or blocking creature dies, yeah, get a treasure token. This just seems like a really good like value based commander. Yeah, that also has a thriving other ability to synergize with itself. I, I think this wow. is really cool. It's also a, remo- a removal magnet, and you know when we say something's a removal, oh magnet, yeah, yeah, that yeah. usually means it's really cool. Um, yeah. But this is specifically really weak to removal because uh, if somebody gets rid of the commander before combat on their turn, then they don't have to swing in with anything, which well, obviously people would. Yeah, okay, because it's not goaded until. It's just they right. are goaded. They're currently goaded. So if they have uh, power less than, than Baloth and Baloth on the battlefield, and then they move into the declare attacker step, mm-hmm. at that point, they have to attack. But... If they do something on their main phase or earlier in their turn or on someone else's turn, destroy them, mm-hmm. then right up until the the eleventh hour, they don't have to. They don't have to attack. Yeah. So okay. So Bayloth needs some really nice boots, uh, be yes. they Swift Foot or <laughs> or Lightning Greaves uh, or something along what those lines you? to keep them protected. Um, but overall, I. I I almost wonder if this is one of those commanders that you extremely slow play. Until you think that uh, if I if I can get to this board state and nobody bothers me next turn, I win. Or if this is something where you're just like, no, I want to cast this as much as possible. To right. Get as many goaded creatures. Because I mean, out as, there as long as he's out there, even if you don't pump his power, you're still going to mm-hmm. be taking people off because oh, yeah. it's it's their utility creatures, it's their tokens that have to swing in. So I mean, there's no there's no power small enough on him. I mean, it starts at two that yeah. people are not going to notice him. So if you're slow rolling, you can't really slow roll with him on the field right oh well at least the clockwork fox won't have to attack so there is that yeah there you go um let's talk about something else that wouldn't have to attack as we move on to our uh yeah, how about our, this our well no they would have to attack uh never mind uh let's talk about our multicolor cards uh the council yeah. of four yes three white blue for a legendary creature human noble zero eight so um that's Okay, we got basically there. a wall. Yeah, it just yeah. just big wall. Fair enough. Um, whenever a player draws their second card during their turn, you draw a card. Whenever a player casts their second spell during their turn, you create a two-two white knight creature token. Just simple. Simple. Yeah. Get decent. Yeah. Decent value. Good wall. Um, feels really staxy. Like it feels like this is a this is a commander that you run if your your plan is to just draw out the game. It's a zero eight. You get stuff when other people do so stuff. So maybe this and doesn't feel sexy at all, right? Because if you in any way uh, impair somebody's ability to play out their deck, mm. then they're not drawing multiple cards per turn. More likely, they're okay. not casting multiple spells per turn. So I think you may have. Had a bit of a, well, know, for wires me, crossed. Yeah. Oh, no. For me, it's just a, hey, this is one that I would want to play as, like, my stacks deck, where it's like, hey, if I'm not getting all of my stacks effects out, if I'm not, if I'm picking on one person or something like that, this is something where it, until everything is going the way I want it to, that's all my commander does. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, if I'm thinking stacks, I'm not really caring about what the commander does anyway. I'm caring about all the other cards in the 99. But that's me. I'm not a stacks player. So I could, it's not a wires cross so much as a, I, I just don't know how it works well. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting because that's like your commander is is pretty much inhibited by your strategy. And I'm thinking of go. this. I compare this to Grand Arbiter August in the fourth. Oh sure, uh, which is basically the premier <laughs> stacks commander in Azorius. Let, let me let me also uh, clarify that friendly stacks. Like if I played stacks, mm. <laughs> if I played stacks, Grand Arbiter would not be involved. This is so. an interesting one. It's uh, yeah. It's definitely probably the nicest uh, Azorius commander that you could probably play, except for Coin the Bunny. Yeah, as as far as disruptive effects, no. This doesn't this really just, mess with anybody. No, this is I and I and in fact, if you're playing this as a whether it's in the ninety nine or you're playing this as your commander, there's a good chance that you're. I mean, especially if you're us, like all you're going to be doing is like I'm going to give extra value to people, but no, I'm going to benefit from it. Huzzah! Exactly. You know? To my point, right? It's it's almost the opposite of encouraging stacks. If you're running our group hug strats, you're running our political strats that are helping people's decks run better they're drawing more cards per turn they're playing more spells per turn that is benefiting you directly because of the console of four yeah no and and it's again it's not like i'm probably not gonna you know go digging for this card i'm probably not going to make this deck but I mean, I think uh, I, I saw a tweet from uh, I think it was Rachel Weeks late uh, pretty recently. Who's the entire thing was like build the decks you want to play against. And yeah. if somebody brought out this card, I would be like, "Hey, cool," you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. So I kind of I kind of dig that as a card. Um, why don't you talk to us about our next one here? Yeah, we got a John Irenicus Shattered one. This is two blue black four mana for a legendary creature elf wizard. It's a 3-3. Three, three. At the beginning of your end step, target opponent gains control of up to one target creature you control. Put two plus one plus one counters on it and tap it. It's goaded for the rest of the game. And it gains. This creature can't be sacrificed. Whenever yeah. a creature you own but don't control attacks, draw a card. Yeah, this I... is like a cross between... Well, mm, this is... It's weird. Yeah, this is a really weird <laughs> this, one. It, this is blue certainly black. in Demir. This is very strange blue black card. Right. Yeah. So, so it can't okay. be sacrificed. That's a very important, right? When you're giving yes. somebody a creature uh, or a permanent in general, them sacrificing it is probably the first thing they're going to do if it mm-hmm. harms them in any way. But I, can't be sacrificed helps there. I mean, a 3-3 three, three for four mana... Make something stronger. Goad it for the rest of the game. Doesn't right. matter if John is gone. It's goaded for the rest of the game. Yeah. So that thing is always swinging somewhere else if it's possible. But how long it, is that creature's life for the rest of the game if it's constantly attacking? It depends on what it is. Yeah. You know, if, if we're talking about... You know, uh, give me something. Uh, we're talking about a seven-seven. You know what I mean? Like, and there's things that a seven. Nine. Yeah, and there are things that can attack. Or there are things that a nine-nine can attack into. You know, death touch is there. Indestructible is there. There's plenty of things that a nine-nine can attack into. But the point is, is that whether you get to pick the biggest thing that you never want to be a problem for you. Or you want to pick the thing that you definitely want to get rid of. Or, 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 or. You know, like, 
The fact that John can go away, it's still goaded. The not when it dies, but just when it attacks, you're going to draw a card. Mike, I have a very silly oh, proposition. You, oh, never mind. I misread that, but continue. My very silly proposition is why not use John Erenicus's ability to target himself? Now we have some really interesting stuff going on. So mm-hmm. that player now controls John Erenicus, who is a 5-5 that can't be sacrificed. But also, at the beginning of that player's end step, they can give away one of their creatures to another mm-hmm. player. And the shenanigans, I expect, would only grow from there, Mike. Now, you're I giving mean... up a lot to do that, but... Are you? Well, you're not getting the uh, card draw effect anymore. And you're not really getting the benefit of the spell anymore. However... Well, hold on. Yeah, I, I, are we forgetting about the best card that we can think of? Assault Suit? We love Assault Suit, but Assault Suit is in the 99. Yeah, A distant, get it. distant 99, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are in blue, so you fabricate. Yeah. And fabricate-like like effects. I mean... For tutors. If that's the worst case scenario, that's yeah. still not a bad case scenario. I want to just start <laughs> copying John Irenicus with all of the new non-legendary yeah. copy effects that we have and start passing them around. Sure. I can copy my end step triggers with uh, with all of the effects that we now have for copying triggers, mm-hmm. Tronic Resonator, and we yeah. now have a couple more. Um, we're just going to have mean, so many elf wizards. Well, that's that's a cool way to do it. You could also just, I'd, I'd like to Voltron John Arrhenicus. <laughs> and then just like, all and right, just start passing him around, yeah. And then just start passing him around. Okay, here you go, everybody. Mike. We have shenanigans. <laughs> you have a John. Um, I like it. That's that's not a bad idea. I kind of dig that. I don't usually see a blue-black commander and think, oh, that's pretty neat. That's It's not really my color pair. Yeah, because most of the time they... they it's mill. It, it, they do series. something mean, right? There's something that they're going to do that I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't Usually mess with somebody in a negative way, yeah. Um, I kind of want to skip. Well, no, we can we can move down the order. Um, this one, it, it's going to be really hard for something else to take my favorite card. I mean, this just wins today. everything. It makes me so happy. Do we save it for last? Can we both, like, is it our, our favorite card? It's my favorite. It's my favorite too, so we're gonna wait on it. Um, let's let's move on to our next one then. Uh, Furkrog, cunning instigator. Uh, this is three blue red for a three three legendary creature dragon that has flying in haste. Whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent, goad target creature that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, if that creature had a, to attack this combat, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Furcrag, Cunning in, uh, Instigator, and you draw a card. So, first of all, the flavor win of being called the Cunning Instigator and your entire thing is you attack with dragons, you goad other stuff, or you goad things that player controls, mm-hmm. and then... <laughs> if they had to attack, it's going to get bigger. I like that. That's that's yeah. fun. This is a uh, very unique dragon tribal commander. Uh, yeah. Usually, they're all about uh, making your dragon stronger, finding dragons out of your library, uh-huh. uh, just in general being themselves a very powerful dragon. Uh, but Furcrag is, is going a very different direction. Just hit players with dragons start goading things, 
and combine that with other goads and forced attack effects, and Faircry gets bigger and you start drawing cards. Yeah, because and it's, it's any kind of effect that right. forces people to attack. Right. So you're still wanting to do goads and things like that. Um, the the whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent. Yeah. So not when to deal damage. So when they attack, cool. I don't feel like this is you know one of those oh I want to flood the board with dragons kind of decks. It, like you can do that. Obviously, it's a cool way to win. I mean, you're going to want one for each of your opponents. But you're going to gonna want three times. Three. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I almost wonder if this is less of, you know, especially outside of green, like, is this a deck that's trying to get a bunch of, you know, cheaper red, blue dragons? I mean, I'm thinking just, dragon tokens. There are a lot of uh, yeah. decks that can make dragon tokens and those oh, yeah, definitely yeah. count and they don't have to deal damage. I do. I, I'm, I am happy that Fergrag uh, has haste themselves, too. That That is pretty good. It's like, oh, I'm going to be right. able to so it can trigger itself immediately. Yeah. yeah. And and just I, I feel like this almost turns into a like I want to make sure that this the drawing a card on on this just feels like a pretty good effect as far as like, oh, I'm just going to yeah do the blue red thing. I'm just yeah. going to do it in a really weird way. Normally it isn't it isn't goad and dragon combat. Yeah, Most blue red is not forced combat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like for Greg. It's pretty interesting. Definitely um, a novel approach. Why don't you tell me about another is it? That has dragon in it. Yeah, Los Han, Dragon's Legacy. Mm-hmm. It's a three blue red, five mana for a legendary creature, Dragon Shaman. It's a four two with flying. Whenever you cast an adventure spell or a dragon spell, Los Han, Dragon's Legacy deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to any target that isn't a commander. So we have a Is It Pinger? You know, that yeah. I have an Is It Pinger deck. It's really fun, it's really silly. And similar to my deck, this allows you to make some very political choices about what you choose to deal damage to and when. It can be Mm -hmm. used for removal. It can be used to the dome. You have options, and people are going to want to make sure that you're not blowing up their nice stuff. I love that it's adventure spell or dragon spell. Yeah, you could go adventure tribal. You could, but like... If we're going adventure tribal and we're two colors, there's not that many. Yeah, there's not that many, yeah. right? So it's it, and that's that's one of the things that I there's always a lot of red get. Dragons, a little, yeah, there's a lot of red dragons. There's at this point with the two Dungeons and Dragons set that sets yeah. that have come out, there's a decent amount of blue dragons too. Yes, like I love the idea of hey, we want to give you the ability to do this thing that's more of a flavor win than like an oppressive actual like hyper competitive deck. Yeah, or hyper synergize. I think any pinger deck is is very mid to low power, right? Because pinging is very slow. It's not even necessarily removing the permanent in question. Going to the dome, you're not even necessarily dealing significant enough damage to kill somebody. So this is, I mean, you know, it's it's fun and it's impactful, but it's not oppressive. But like, okay, if I told you that I was making an adventure deck, I wouldn't expect this commander. Well, you wouldn't expect this commander, and you wouldn't expect it to be like super powerful. Oh, right? certainly not. It's certainly it's not. it's it's a oh, I want to do this because it's fun kind of thing. Yeah. But if I told you I made an adventure dragon deck, I'd think, oh, you use Lozano okay. Legacy. There you go. So, well, yeah, <laughs> I, like I like the idea of it's like I can combine something that is fun and I probably haven't seen a whole lot of, and I can put as much of that as I want into my dragon deck. <laughs> 
and it's going to have this five-mana commander that, hey, by the way, next turn, someone be careful. Otherwise, like, you either need to remove this, or yeah. there's a decent chance somebody's going to take six damage, and I'm going to play a dragon. Just start right? slapping Grafted Exoskeleton on there, Infect Effects. I mean, you're going to make well, people's lives miserable. Well, those, uh, a Basilisk Collar, even, just to give yep, yourself life touch. on stuff. A lot of the and, stuff and that, touch, that, yeah. that plays in pretty much any Is It Pinger deck, a lot of the cards yeah. you would see in my Nin the Pain Artist deck, you're going to put them in here, because you want to get more value out of not necessarily doing a lot of damage. Right. But but that works really well with the adventure side of it, where you're talking about a lot of lower costed cast, uh, lower lower. You're cast right, lower cost. cost adventure. Right, but, the but dragon, value, yeah, <laughs> dragon. I mean, you can do the most like <laughs> you can do <laughs> the biggest flavor thing possible and cast a dragon mage with Lozan out there. It's a right. mage dragon going on an adventure. Cards, wow, wow. Also, pew seven damage. Like, there's, this is kind of a, I kind of want to make this. I'm a little afraid that it would be either really expensive or it would be just the jankiest thing. And I kind of want to see how close I I don't think it's going to be that expensive. Not many people are running the cards that support a pinger deck. It's not mm-hmm. a very popular archetype. Dragon's a bit more expensive, I would think. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's where I'm at. Like, Man, I'm I'm gonna have to look into that because Lozon. Yeah, that's this that's is interesting. A, this is an uncommon. We this is our second uncommon commander. We also yeah. had the first uh, black one, Saravok, and it's interesting to me. Usually, we really write off these uncommon commanders. They're too low power. They're not interesting. Mm-hmm. However, these two in particular, and uh, I think we might even have a couple more. Not sure on that one, but there's been a uh, couple. There's been a couple uh, of uncommon yeah. cards that are not only at an acceptable power level, but also do something that we've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've liked, I, we can talk about all of the things that like, Oh, commander becoming more popular could be good for, you know, the way that wizards develops things. It could be scary, whatever. Right. One of the good things, and I think is adamantly a good thing is if we have more legendary creatures that are uncommon, fine if we have more creatures that could be the commander that do weird stuff yeah but are at a place where anybody you know it's much more likely that you can obtain it at a lower cost i like that yeah uh reward the creativity and they're definitely doing that with lozon here um let's move on to boros uh duke older raven guard um this is for red white for a 5-5 five, five legendary creature, human noble soldier, at the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature you control gains haste and myriad until end of turn. Uh, another reminder, myriad, at, a myriad is whenever it attacks for each opponent other than defending player, you may create a token that's a copy of that creature that's tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker they control. Exile the tokens at end of combat. This is kind of scary yeah this is a nifty one we talked about uh, myriad in the in the 99 episode and uh to do a brief reiteration the reason why uh, we've included this card and and other myriad cards is because just like with regular combat with myriad you are still making choices about what you're going to attack with your myriad trigger just because myriad goes off doesn't mean you have to attack every player 
and you can definitely use that uh, decision to to your advantage, Mike. It's the fact that it it doesn't uh, the fact that it's giving haste and myriad. You can make some really really dangerous non legendary creatures happen. And the other yeah. thing about myriad that we didn't really talk about, uh, we didn't get into the nitty gritty. Um, everything that happens when a creature ETBs will happen for each myriad copy that yeah. ETBs, even if those are legendary permanents, right? Even if you're putting myriad on a legendary creature and then they all immediately die to the legend rule, well, what before happens they before they die? die yeah. All of their ETB abilities trigger, and then when they, when they die, all of their LTB abilities trigger. So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to limit yourself to things that you think are good for combat. You can just make the copies, get the triggers, and then who cares what happens in combat? I mean, make a bunch of clockwork foxes, and then yeah, exactly. Let, let a bunch, and of then everyone's drawn a ton of cards. cards. Yeah. yeah, make a bunch of I, veteran explorers. They all die. Solemn's and Solemn's sad robot. Solemn's yeah, sad robot. Yeah, took me like a couple yeah. times there, but like you, the those are like the oh, this is cool kind of stuff you can do with this. You can also do some really terrible stuff. With yeah, you it. could. There's the fact that. You kind of have to get rid of Duke Older Guard or Duke Duke Older Raven Guard. I'm going to get there. Don't worry. The fact that you kind of have to you don't have to get rid of him immediately, right? But you have right. to be wary of him. You have to have some kind of removal. You have to have something available. You need that instant speed removal, right? Because on the same yeah. turn, somebody can play something scary out and attack every player with it all right. in one fell swoop. And but then here's the thing: if I kind of like that as the person playing the Duke, because if they remove my commander, because the thing I was going to swing with is scary enough to where the myriad trigger and the haste was too much, there's also a decent chance that the thing I was going to swing with is gonna stick around because they removed this instead. Yeah, and then you attack them, and then you attack them the next turn, yeah. and then you put Duke, and then you recast your, your yeah. the commander like. It's a cool concept. I, I like this more than like the Boros effects of like the mentor cards and stuff like that. Of like, oh, we care about attacking with lots of things. No, right. this can be something as small as uh, Sad Robot. I would like to attack with it and make a bunch of them. Ha ha. It could also be big and scary. And I'm going to attack with a very, very large, you know, Avatar of Fury or something. You know, things that are scary in Boros that... You don't necessarily want to leave the second that they get on the battlefield. You can also steal and threaten, and even if those effects are some of the weaker versions that don't give haste to balance them out, well, guess what? He gives them haste. You know, I wasn't even... swing with it. Wow, I wasn't even thinking about putting this in my Brian Stoutarm deck, and now it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, that's... (laughs) That's gross. Okay, fair enough. That was some good fun. Yeah. All right. Well, good to see you there, uh, the, the the Duke. Why don't you talk to me about uh, our next god? Yeah. But Bane, Lord of Darkness. Is that the Bane from Batman? That's uh, one white, blue, black. Um, excuse me. This is actually one of the gods in the Forgotten Realms. He's like Lord of like murder and stuff like that. Cool. Okay, keep right. going. So one white, blue, black, that's four <laughs> mana for a 5-2 legendary creature god. As long as your life total is less than or equal to half your starting life total, which would be 20, 
Bane, Lord of Darkness, has Indestructible. It's a god, has to have Indestructible somewhere, or mm-hmm. some way to come back. Whenever another non-soaking creature you control dies, target opponent may have you draw a card. If they don't, you may put a creature card with equal or lesser toughness from your hand onto the battlefield. We're forcing an opponent to make a choice. Do they want you to draw a card, possibly fueling your hand for next time, or are they going to take that gamble and have you play a card out of your hand, potentially for free? Not mana cost. Toughness. Yes. And I think that's the weird thing here. Because there's some... a bunch of high mana cost with low toughness? Well, because you're playing white, blue, black. Yeah. There's a lot of blue cards that there's a lot of man, there's a lot of cards across the board that their value doesn't come from them being a big body. You're right. It, it, there's a lot of white uh, cards that care about reanimating things that power two or less one or less, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the amount of shenanigans that you can get with that effect. And even just the idea of like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm talking to the opponent directly to my left. One of my things died. They say, no, I, I, they basically give you the option to play something from your hand. Even if you have the option, you might want to wait. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to wait until the player directly next to me, because then maybe if they, maybe if they give me this option too, because, oh, well, he doesn't have anything to play. Otherwise he would have. Well, I, I, I tricked you. Ha ha. Now I'm going to play this thing. Then I'm going to untap with it on my turn. And well, ha, good times. Like, the fact that this thing can be indestructible, cool. The fact that it can draw you cards, and if it doesn't, it can get you the ability to cheat stuff out. This is... It's not even, like, you can sack stuff to do this. Yes. This feels like a commander that you could come up with some combos for pretty easily. For sure. This reminds me a lot of Athreos. Uh, which also okay, has yeah, your yeah, opponent yeah. make a decision when something dies as to whether or not you're going to get that thing back, right? In this mm-hmm. case, rather than getting that creature back to your hand, it's are you going to put out something that's potentially as scary or even more scary, <laughs> or am I just going to wimp out and give you the card draw? It's got a, it's got a smaller butt, but it's got a much bigger stick. It's going to hurt me. But how is it going to do This is a really it, right? fun idea for a commander. I do like it. Um, that, and it, I feel like Athreos absolutely goes into this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for because sure. It's, it's, it's like, all right, if, you, if I can synergize a in a weird way, let's do it. Yeah, there yeah. is that. It, you could do weird god tribal. I'm not sure how you would get around. I'm not sure how you would encourage your stuff to die very often with weird god tribal. But still, it's a cool card. Uh, and I mean, there are a lot of gods that can die but then they get tucked in or they come back to your hand right not necessarily indestructible that's fair um let's move on to our next one here Maisie, true sword paladin uh one red green white for a three four halfling knight whenever an enchanted creature attacks one of your opponents it gains plus two plus zero and gains trample until end of turn Whenever an aura you control is put into your graveyard from the battlefield exile it until the end of your next turn you may cast that card so, I get that this is a good card as far as just, hey, we're, we're going to encourage attacking our opponents. We can give them little buffs, cool stuff like that. 
Um, the first thing that I thought when I saw this was, hey, this makes the shiny impetus cards cool. <laughs> I'm going to pump this thing up and goad it, right? Yeah. The, the, I like those kind of, I want those auras to work. So I like this card because it does that. That said, enchantments are a big part of the game. I feel like this by itself is going to, it's going to encourage attacks to other people other than you pretty often anyway. Definitely. This is reminding me a bit of the Tyranno Ship's Caretaker, where it's uh, bringing those auras back to you, or in this case, allowing you to cast them again Mm -hmm. whenever they die. And uh, if they're auras on your creatures, then um, the auras are probably going to be going to the graveyard when those creatures die, because that's what happens to auras. And then you'll have the opportunity to play them out again instead of losing them. It, this basically turns every aura that you have into Rancor. You're giving plus two, plus zero, and trample to something. Right. And you also have a full turn. It's not till the end of this turn. It's till the end of your next your turn. Your next turn. Yeah. Right. So you can make That's your next slick. turn and plan that back out. Definitely uh, interesting. I think that you would want to run a lot of low-cost auras to put mm-hmm. onto your opponent's creatures, to uh, even if they don't necessarily do anything useful. Just getting them on there, uh, getting those uh, trample and, and pump buffs, probably yeah. earning some goodwill by doing so. Well, and then the as well as all of your own stuff, you know, exactly. like it, it turns course. into it turns into as much of a I'm going to flood the board with stronger creatures. A lot of them are going to be yours, but sometimes they're going to be mine. Just know it's probably not going to get through as easily unless you're attacking somebody besides me, right? Yeah. This seems like one of those... I'm not going to say political, because it can be. But I think it's it's more of a good, like, I'm, I'm going to keep churning out value. I mean, because... you want to talk about political curses. Oh, well, yeah, curses. and that was the other part. Yeah. Because, oh, man... The curse falls off when somebody blows it up. You put it right back on them or on somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I, I think the fun thing with this is do you curse people and then you remove the curses from them. You get them yeah. back and you put them on somebody right. else. So now uh, you've served your time. You know what? You're you're doing fine. Yeah. You, on the other hand, friend, you have gotten out of hand. What did I do? Here's a curse of opulence. Everybody oh. go get them. Um, no, Maisie's I, – I do like Maisie. I – Man, I'm I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly how I'd run it, but I know like what kind of directions I would go, and I think that's the sign of a good card. It, it, it's interesting enough yeah. where I'm like, okay, do I do this? Do I do this? It's definitely not written in stone. No. Yeah. Um, speaking of of not written in stone, because mm. it's the bestest boy, and it's my turn. I I I I did it for you, buddy. You are so sweet. Glunch. All right. First of all, let's just all take a second, Mike. Let's all appreciate just how awesome of a name that is. Glunch. Mm-hmm. Mm. Glunch the Bestower. That's a one green, white, three mana for a zero five legendary creature jellyfish in a forest, apparently, with flying. At the beginning of your end step, choose a player. Mm-hmm. They put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. Choose a second player to draw a card, then choose a third player to create two treasure tokens. 
Mother of God. Mike, uh, <laughs> was this remember? not? Go ahead. Yeah. Was, didn't we just in a recent set have that rhino card that was just passing out free stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I wish this was, I wish a, commander. This was a commander. Yeah. Well, look at what we got here. Yep. Do you remember the last Dungeons and Dragons set where one of the cards was Flumpf? And it was this jellyfish-looking thing. It was a 0-4, and it had Defender. Whenever somebody had, uh, whenever somebody dealt damage to it, you and that person both drew that many cards. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, I'm also Slightly remembering familiar, other cards like right? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I was hoping that was going to be. Right. Because this is a flump to me. I don't care that it says jellyfish. It makes me happy. It's fine. I, I love this card. I love this card. I mean, this so, is this is a dyed in the wool Groupa card. There simply is nothing else to say about it. it. I mean, it's it's great. A zero five, it's gonna stick around. It nobody's threatened by this. Nobody. No one's threatened by it. Nobody. It, it's a zero five flyer. It's a it's a good flyer. <laughs> like it's. Okay. The idea that you can also almost always pick somebody for the first option, uh, they put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. Mm -hmm. You are almost always going to be able to pick somebody that that isn't going to mean anything. Whether you're putting two plus one plus one counters on something they control and they have to choose a mana dork because that's what they've got out there or whatever it is, right? There's this to me says one player is going to draw a card. One player is going to get two treasure tokens. One player is going to be sad. One player is going to be mad. And I'm fine with that. Like, this is a cool card. Even, even, even at the best case opportunity. Oh, you're playing a Voltron deck? Okay, cool. Let let's let's pump up your friend. Yeah. Like just don't touch just leave me alone, okay? Go hit somebody else first. There's some, you know, interesting hitches to the way that they've worded this card. And I'm always gonna come out at this kind of thing from a rules perspective. As you should. Um, <laughs> so this requires there to be three players in the game for you to get access to all of the modes, right? If there's only uh, two players in the game, mm -hmm. yourself and somebody else, then you're you either pumping one of their things or you're giving them a card draw, yes. right? If there's three players, then each player will get one of these options. Then if there's four players, somebody's Somebody getting nothing left out. Yeah. and you're still choosing one for yourself. You You can choose one for yourself. If you want to, right? It says player, not opponent. And mm -hmm. you always have complete freedom provided the requisite number of players are left in the game. If not, then the first thing you lose is the treasure token option. Right. Which, okay, what what of those three things is the most powerful thing? I mean, I would say it's probably a dead heat between the treasure tokens and the card draw. So it makes sense that those would be the last two. It, it like, makes sense that the treasure is the last one because I think that's yeah. generically probably what most people would want to pick. So yeah. as soon as your head's up, that stops being an option for you. You can't give that to yourself anymore. Right. Which is fine. I mean, because 
I'm looking at this card, and if I'm running this as my commander and I'm in green and white, unless I've got nothing in my hand, I'm probably choosing myself to get treasures every time. Yeah. Right? And the card then draw's always there, point, though. Yeah, and it's always there. You know? So I... Yeah, like, I've got... I'm a huge fan. I've got probably two Selesnia decks already. I might have to take one apart for this. Whereas I don't have a Selesnia deck, and uh, if I, I mean, were ever to going to build one, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better option than... One Glunched. little fish is calling you, calling you. Um, Glunch is great. Yeah. Like, it, it, all, all, all kidding aside, all like, oh, the power level, the... Blah, 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 blah. Play the build and play the decks you want to play against. I would if somebody comes to the table and they put down Glunch. I would do everything in my power to make sure they have the best night of their lives. Because they're 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 our new friend. Because yes. you know what? I don't care what you're running in your deck. Right now, we are on really really good terms. That's the thing. Like how bad does the rest of your deck have to be to erase the gift that is glunch you could almost run like the meanest stacks deck but you've still got glunch going on you're still giving out the cool stuff but we both yeah. know we'd probably be running a very group hug style deck with lots of gifts and, but i mean uh, goodness even if you're not even if even if you're running this and your whole point is i am going to try and get so much value off that third feature as early and fast as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to have terrible, whether it's, I'm going to have a bunch of really big uh, green and white creatures that are scary and terrifying or just value it, whatever it is. And frankly, by the way, that's kind of what group hug is. I'm going to give everybody else some value. Yes. So I can take advantage of the value that I want. Yes. But even if this is like the meanest version of this deck, at that point, I'm not going to get mad if it destroys me. I'm going to get like, huh, all right. I wasn't expecting that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even that's a different kind to of To me, experience. this is very similar to Kaneos and Tura, right? These are two group hug commanders, Glunch mm -hmm. and KNC, that both are giving out group hug value. But they themselves, the design is completely open-ended. You can run any kind of KNT deck you would like, and it supports all of them just about equally. And it's more or less the same with uh, with Glunch here. Yeah, no, it's I Glunch is strong. I I I, I still can't believe that it's an O five flyer. So it's even sitting there. It's no. I mean, an O five flyer. That's a good blocker. That's a really good body. Yeah. And this is an 05 flyer that yeah. on turn, assuming no ramp whatsoever, right? You get it out turn three. Get and it on you, turn it three on and, get two, yeah. and then you get two treasure tokens. Exactly. So on turn four, you're going to have six mana. Yeah. To cast all this your is, fun stuff. Right. It's, okay, great. I'm going to pump up something. But like, if I pump up anything that's three power or less, or that's two, you know, not three power or more. I'm still going to be okay with blocking that thing. I Great. So at that point, it's, okay, do I really want to draw a card or do I really want to get some treasure? Yeah. I might need Glunch, to, to start drafting I, a digital list for this. This is I, just... I think you do, buddy. We, I, I, we're we're going to have to have a talk pretty soon. It brings joy to here. my heart. I haven't built a deck since Bell Bay. Mm -hmm. 
but this it it sparks joy, Mike. That's what they say, right? Yeah, yeah. Glunch. Look you at, can't look at glunch. you can't glunch wrong. Now, for an example of glunching wrong, let's look at Commander Legends Battle. <laughs> you for can't Baldur's do Day this wrong. Number but... <laughs> four hundred and twenty-two, which is the mm-hmm. classic D and D monster manual style illustration. Now, in I this will... illustration, glunch is a horrible monster that's what? very scary to me. What? What do you mean? What? Look at this I thing. I think that's adorable. You think that is adorable? Yes, that thing is adorable. Okay, listeners, you're gonna have to tell us in our Discord what or on Twitter. What are you talking about? Is special edition monster manual glunch horrifying or adorable? I say Listen, horrifying. Alex, I'm writing in my notes right now. One oh five. Oh, you're gonna uh, cut this. Fifth- Oh, uh, yeah, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, no. I'm not cutting it at all. I'm writing in my notes, 105.55, cute glunch. So I know I need to impose the cute version of glunch onto the you YouTube video. You mean the horrifying version of glunch. Oh, my gosh. Um, we need we need, we need, need to change. I won't we be need... running that one for my commander if I make I, this deck. I'll tell then you that I right will. Um, th- also, if, if we're talking about flavor and being on theme and all that other stuff, being called the bestower. Yes, Aww. perfect. It's so perfect. it's mm. it's like Zedru, the great hearted. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you don't have enough room on the card to include the flavor text, so you have to include the flavor text in the title. Glunch the bestower. Loremasters, what is the story of Glunch the bestower? Why is it so generous? Uh, I'm hoping because it's a flump in reality, and flumps are really good about being friends and just wanting everybody to have a good time. Excellent. Well. I think I can tell you right now who my favorite commander yeah, in no, this set is, and it's Glunch. Well, y- your favorite commander in this set yes. is Glunch card yes. 275 out of 361. I mean, I'm and fine with the with the two-tone border as well, 533. I just okay, don't like the monster manual version. I, man, I, lo- I love the old-timey version. Is it because of the eyes? It's because or? of the eyes. See, the I think the eyes are cuter in that. Oh, man. All right. Well, I wasn't going to try and do the, hey, go look at our YouTube. I don't I want people to listen to the podcast and be able to listen to it, and get the full enjoyment that they would off YouTube. Right. But every once in a while, there's there's just card art or something. We have that to makes talk about card art sometimes. So, yeah, go look but at the, lunch. Tell us if the monster manual is horrifying or if you love it the most of all. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Go go look at lunch and. uh Alex, if our any of our listeners or viewers uh, want to contact you to talk to you about how wrong you are about how the Monster Manual Glunch is just adorable, uh, how are the ways that they would reach you? <laughs> if you would like to express your wrong opinions to me, you can contact me on Twitter at Lappermedic, L-A-P-P-E-R-M-E-D-I-C. Uh, if you would like to... See my other project, the Commander Spellbook. We are the search engine for EDH combos, and we have all sorts of Baldur's Gate combos. Um, I don't know if we have any glunch ones, but I'm sure we have plenty of them in there. So go check that out at commanderspellbook.com if you like infinite combos. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the conversation, please subscribe and rate the podcast as well as uh, subscribing onto YouTube. If you want to buy any of the cards that we talked about, deck boxes, sleeves, etc., you can again support us by going to bit.ly slash EDH underscore social. Check in the show notes for our Discord link, links to everywhere that we're at. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at EDH underscore social or email us at the social contract EDH at gmail.com. Remember, beauty is in the eye of the Xanathar Beholder. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.